Cool. Well, we don't want to take up too much more time. Can I just tell you, thank you so much. Like this is so last minute, you know, I think you, you like reached out to me on match of like two months ago and I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. And then I got engaged and my mother got breast cancer and, and then my daughter's in the hospital last week. Like everything just went, my whole life, just pick it up. So this is perfect. We're talking about work-life balance or work-life integration as I've heard mm. it called recently. So how do you do that? It is perfect timing. We kind of took a little yeah. hiatus from recording for a minute. This is the Messy Backend, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail. So we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. And now your host of the Messy Backend, Sheila J. Davis and Nate Tucker. We love our listeners here at The Messy Backend. We love y'all so much, we're going to make the mess even bigger. Coming soon to this very same channel, you're going to be hearing from The Messy Backend Exposed. You know, the very first day that we recorded this podcast, Instagram and Facebook shut down, so we knew we were right on track with The Messy Backend. All businesses have them, so don't be shy. Let's put it out there and help each other grow. If you have a messy back end or you're an expert who just loves cleaning up those back ends, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit themessybackend.com to apply. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today, especially if you're dealing with work-life balance issues. As Steve Jobs once said, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Jared Krause. Jared used to be a plumber working 60 hours a week or more, and he hated it. Fast forward to today, and he now owns multiple online businesses himself, and many of his clients earn thousands to tens of thousands of dollars per month from their business they bought working with Jared. His Buying Online Businesses podcast is rated in the top three best passive income podcasts online. That's awesome. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the messy backend exposed, our expert Jared will not only share his experience, expertise, and the tools he suggests to get your backend cleaned up, but he will also expose how to clean everything up to make your work-life balance easier and less stressful. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy backend, if you would like to submit your story or question for our experts to answer, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. And now on to our expert, Jared Krause, for his expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. So today we have a messy backend question uh, submitted by one of our listeners. It says, lately, I feel a lack of balance in my life. Basically, it's raging out of control. I find myself chasing dreams and paychecks and the admiration of others. I always knew that work-life balance was important, 
but never did I see the consequences of it so clearly until I became a full-time work-at-home mom. How can I get my life back and still build my business and serve my purpose for my clients? Thanks for having me on. I certainly feel you there. I, I don't have kids, um, but I know many people that do have kids that have multiple businesses and multiple staff and have that, you know, in air quotes, admirable life. There's one thing that I've really picked up on in, in your question there is that if your goal is to have a good work-life balance or a good work-life integration, it's what really that is, is a, a life that's less stressful and easier and funner in, in, in my opinion. And what's happened, what happens is when we are striving so hard for that, we put all this, all this stuff, this pressure and this weight on top of ourselves to try and make that happen overnight that makes our life more stressful and when we become more stressed we create disease disease within the body disease within our life and lots of things that we do which just spawns out and we get second and third order consequences that happen from not getting enough sleep and trying to put too much pressure on ourselves and not eating right and trying to do too many things so i feel that the biggest thing is like when we've got a messy back end it's because we're you know we're chasing this, we've got this big goal that we think of every single day and we do our affirmations and all these sorts of things and visualize, but we try and get it done in a such a short time frame because we see these headlines of people like, I achieved a million dollars in 35.7 seconds. Do you want <laughs> to learn how? Yeah, maybe they did that, but it probably took them a decade to get to the point where they had enough knowledge, skills to execute on that. What happens is like we put how we can get back into balance is to put less pressure on ourselves and know that we have time. Look, we have a long period of time. This will take you years, right? It doesn't take the average Joe a, a short amount of time a year to do it. It takes you years. I think of it like an apprenticeship or going to college. If you want to have a side hustle that turns into something, it's going to take you four years or more. But the benefit of that is that your ceiling isn't capped because you have a job. Right. And so I think that's such an awesome question for everybody listening, because I feel that we all put too much pressure on ourselves. And I've done this. Like I came from this position where I worked so hard and so much, even after I quit my job, like years after I quit my job, I was working big weeks and I got glandular fever and I didn't even know. I just worked straight through it. Yeah. And just kept like kept working with the team and making sure they're on track, overworking myself. And I got super sick and I didn't even know what it was from. So that's because I had that big pedestal thing that I wanted to achieve as well. Until I got to a point where I was like, all right, cool. Those two things that I was, I was mentioning we need to have rest and we need to also have fulfillment, right? These things are, are two things of self-love. And if we don't give ourselves self-love then how are we going to get back into harmony and having a good work-life balance, which will eventuate into a work-life integration for plus years after your apprenticeship slash college stage. We've had episodes where we have talked about how do you find what that perfect life is? What does it look like? And how do you achieve it? I think you just simplified it. At the very beginning, and I'm going to be so bad with my words, you said something like, what I see, what I feel like my perfect work-life balance or integration is, 
is less stress. I think that's what you just said is just it's less stress and easier or something like that. You know, you don't know what you don't know. So, I mean, I know I want to have this dream life, but I've never lived that dream life. So I can't really draw it out, map it out for you. You know, I can't tell you exactly what it is. I mean, Forbes Riley took Nate and I through the ringer trying to get us to tell her exactly what we wanted. And it was difficult. It was painful. She's like, no, you can't just say I want Chinese. You have to say, I want you know, these specific noodles and this kind of whatever. Yeah. And so, um, just saying, you know what, I want it to be less stressful. I think that's a great start and you can't put, you can't calendar that. Can you? You can't calendar it. Like as much as you want to, the universe works in different ways. I feel, and there's different forces, but beyond just our work ethic and our visualization. Yes, that is an an element. And certainly I, I feel it's important. Like I do the the visualization and try to be super specific. And I've been been to a point where like I've had like a, my bank account with like X amount of dollars in it and like the life that I want to live. But if you wholeheartedly have confidence in that you're going to achieve that within say a 10 to 15 year time frame, like it's like, Oh, that's such a relief. I don't need to do it in a year. Right. And when we like, there's a thing that happens in our brain. I read this in a book. I forget which book it is. So I do apologize. Our brain has certain waves like this in thinking. And when we think, like when our our brain moves like this, we move up to the brain and then into the body. And then when we're stressed, our brain waves aren't as rapid or as deep, I should say. And we can't access parts of the brain to make those good decisions. So when we're stressed, that's why we fumble around and we have a messy back end because we can't dig into like the, the right things that we should do, the right way to go the the best decisions that we should make to an, a less messy back end i should say you know it, I, i'm having the visualization here i know it's like we, we talked about work-life integration but even work-life balance i i'm imagining like an old balance you know like a balance scale uh you know old bankers used to use put gold on one side seeds on the other type of thing and balance it out um but you have to have that on a stable foundation you can't just like be holding that balance in your hand juggling it around, that wouldn't work. You have to put it on something firm, something solid. And, and like you're saying, that, that something firm, something solid has to be yourself, your body, your health. You know, it's eight hours of sleep, eating healthy, de-stressing. And when that's solid, you have that, you know, foundation to put the scale on and it's going to balance a lot easier. You know, it's still going to take time moving things around and adjusting, but without that foundation there, you're stuck. Oh man, that is so like, that's, that's perfect, Nate. Like seriously, just to add to that, I would say that that foundation is your mind frame. Yes. And how you, how you keep that foundation in check is making sure you get the rest the recovery, fulfillment through your hobbies and friends and time, family. Then once you fill that cup up, then you've got like, oh, cool, I'm feeling good again now. Like I've rested, I've done some fun things that I love. Now I'm like super hungry to get into work. <laughs> Absolutely. I love, I love if it. you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Once a month on Wednesdays, I just go and do my one-on-one coaching clients with people in my mastermind. And I was saying like, look, you're doing crazy hours at the moment. But you need to get through a certain period to get to, because he's got a job and then he's got a, a side hustle business. He just bought a business and I'm teaching him to grow it. And I said like this, it's different for everybody for different stages you're at in your business and in your life. So there's not one answer or a blanket statement for everybody because not everybody can have work-life integration like this. And it's quite difficult. So what I'm big on is wherever you're at 
in your journey if, if in life or business and, and work hours, whatever it is, you, you certainly need to have two vital things. Those two vital things are rest and, um, you know, restoring. So adequate amount of sleep for your health. And the second thing is fulfillment. Because if you're doing all of this work and you're not having some sort of fulfillment, some sort of fun, and that can be a hobby, that could be, um, you know, spending time with your partner, your friends, your family, whatever it is. If you don't have that, that's going to fill up your cup. How are you going to carry the energy on to do the rest of the work? So you need to go through this survivor, survivor phase, I feel, in my opinion, to get to that point where you can integrate the work with your life. Um, and then yeah. eventually, like, as you know, like you can, you can change things around with like, oh, I've got to you know, help my mum out. I'm getting engaged and doing all these other things and COVID and all that sort of stuff. Like you're in a position where you can, you can integrate that stuff within your life. But I don't know who's listening or the audience, but sometimes we, you know, we can't all be in that seat. So we need to balance to before we get to the integration phase. And for me, um, I'm huge on, yeah, having the rest, a good amount of rest. So I'm like eight hours minimum sleep for me a day. Like my partner knows how strict I am on my sleep. You must <laughs> not have children at home. <laughs> no, we no, we don't have children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jared, you're showing there. You're messy back end showing in that no, you don't have kids. I don't have kids either. So when you're like eight hours of sleep, I was like, that's how I am too. I was like, I people know you can only wake me out of sleep for like three things. It's like puppies, food and <laughs> If, you know, one other thing that I can't really mention on the air, you know, type of <laughs> family show. that's what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's totally important. I love it. Sorry. I didn't mean to like interrupt you. Okay. Know, another Here. thing that I, I was thinking about when we were talking about, you know, being able to balance and doing those things. And one of the things our, our question came in and it was talking about, you know, find myself chasing dreams and paychecks and the admiration of others. And you kind of brought up then it's like a lot of times we're trying to work on that admiration and trying to be accepted or whatever and, and do these things on, on other people's timelines. You know, it's, oh, we've seen them make X amount in, in Y amount of days. And, mm. and then we try to go in and we try to replicate that. We try to do that in that same amount of time. But like you said, the, the universe has a different plan for us and we all work at a different thing. Um, a quote that comes to mind is, See, I'm a, I'm a content creator as well. I love photos, video editing, all of that stuff. Podcast editing falls into here as well. But the quote is, don't compare other people's highlight reel to your behind the scenes footage because mm. they're two different things. And we do that so often. We go, well, look, here's how they achieved success. Look, they even, they even came out and told us how they achieved it. And they did it in that 30 days or whatever. But like you said, it's, it's really not that. They're, they're, 20 years of experience behind the scenes that they're not necessarily showing. And it's not that they're lying to us, but they're, they're cultivating that, that highlight reel. Cause, cause that's what it goes into. It's like, okay, that's, that's what we want to show off. That's who we want to be to the world, but we can't compare ourselves and our behind the scenes to their highlight reel. That that's, oh, that's being, you know, that's being dishonest with ourselves and with others um, and, and not building that, that foundation. And I think it would be really difficult to achieve that balance if we're not, you know, if we're not honest, because we're, we're comparing two different things, you know, at that point. Yeah. It's, it's, it beckons a question of like, how do they actually do it? Like, how do they really realistically 
get to that point. And it's not just like, all right, might've taken 10 years uh, for them to do it. And we just see they've done it in a, in a short period of time, but it could be other forces of like, Hey, my parents funded a lot of this, or I went to a different college and I'm in a, I'm in a hugely different kettle of fish of people in a network. It's so different. Like I got two examples here. One of which is that I was surfing with a friend the other day and uh, I'm in a world where I teach people to buy website businesses, online businesses that are already making money, have traction. And I teach people to buy these businesses anywhere between like, you know, 50 K to a couple of hundred K to a million. Then you've got people that are in, in this space that have big hedge funds and 20 million to a hundred million plus and people that are my age that go to an M and A. So mergers and acquisitions, uh, college or they, they study it and then they get a job and they do this for five years and they go, I can do this. They go out on their own, same age as me. And they're buying businesses for 30, 50, hundred million, very different background to me. So right. I can't put myself on the same level as them because they've got these other external forces. But back to what you're saying, Nate, of the, you, you look at their highlight reel and yeah. you're, you know, you know, your hustle phase or whatever you want to call it is, you know, it's very different. They don't show that. And I had a question into my group of buyers. So we've got hundreds of people in our community that are buying businesses. And one of the questions was like, how long did it take you to buy your, buy your uh, website business? And I thought it was a, a, such a great question. I'm so glad that I got to comment on this first. I said, look, this is an awesome question, but please do not compare yourself to others because there's so many of these other external factors. Like I mentioned, it could be network, it could be money, it could be so many other things. And Absolutely. also these other people, like one person commented like, yeah, it took me three months to buy a business. People listening to this might be like, what, how, like, holy hell, how did you do that? Right. But, but they, that, was a, that was their first online business. But prior, nobody knew that she mentioned in her comment that she had bought brick and mortar businesses previously. So she knew the process quite well and she right. had funds and she had, was older and been through a different stage of life than somebody who's just joined my community is 19. is like, I want to do this in three months and they could spend all their life savings and just crumble to the ground because they bought a, a lemon. So I think that, yeah, that comparison to others really eats us. It's an ego yeah. thing as well. Like I want this, I want to inflate my ego, but when we can put that ego aside and go, Hey, no, let, let me do like a five to 15 year period and be realistic about it. It just like decompresses that stress out of our body and out of our life and things can flow better. Definitely. You hear me a lot of times on the podcast saying that the road to success is a mess. The same question is asked in the podcast groups. How long from the, how long did it take you to finally start your first podcast? Well, mm. for me, it was what, Nate, I think three weeks, but I have been thinking and considering it and wondering if I started a podcast, what would it be about for probably a couple of years before Nate, you know, Nate started, brought it up to me in the first place is like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And how, how long were people talking to you about it, Nate saying you should do a podcast. So you have to count all of that time. You really do. Mm. You can't just say from the time that I called Nate up and said, Hey, I want to do a podcast. You want to do it with me? We're going to start recording in a month. It didn't take us a month. It took us a couple of years. Right. And, and all the, all the knowledge and everything that we, we bring into the podcast, we've been learning and cultivating for, for years and decades and, and, and figuring out and making 
making mistakes. Uh, we, we had a, a guest recently on a, on a pod, on one of our episodes. He holds up a book and he goes, here, this book that I wrote, you know, and I don't know how big the book is, probably 100, 200 pages, something, but he holds it up and he goes, this is my, my successes. This is how to get success. He goes, if I wrote a book on all my mistakes, it would be, you know, he, he held his arms out as wide as he could. He goes, that's how thick the book would be if it was the mistakes. And, and that, again, that, that's kind of what we're, we're talking about. We compare ourselves, we do things like that. And we, we say, oh, well, that, that, that was the person's successes, but we don't see all of the failures. We don't see all the mistakes. We don't, we don't follow that. Um, it reminds me of this, this book. If you guys haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's called the Jack Rabbit Factor. And it's, it's just the short, quick anecdote. It's a, it's a self-help book though, but shortly summed up is you see this dog out in a field running around barking. This farmer is watching it, running around barking. And he's like, oh, what's that dog doing? It comes back with a jackrabbit in the mouth. The, the dog caught the jackrabbit, you know, the way that the dogs do. And the farmer's wife comes out later and she goes, hey, let's have some jackrabbit stew tonight. Can you go out and get a jackrabbit? And he goes, yeah. I've seen how it's done. And so he goes out running around in the field barking and wonders why he doesn't catch a jackrabbit because he's <laughs> done exactly everything that he witnessed somebody else do, but he didn't have the exact same skill sets. He didn't have the, the same, obviously, biology. You know, a lot of things were different. The behind the scenes stuff were completely different between a farmer and a dog. And he was trying to repl replicate it by comparing himself to somebody else who had seen success. And that just doesn't work. It's a wild analogy, but it's perfect at the same time. Oh, I would love to add to that analogy if I can. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure you're allowed to. I won't, I won't tell, uh, what's your name? Leslie Householder, but you go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, if you do, were to expand on that and the wife goes, hey, can, we go, can you go out and get a jackrabbit so we can make jackrabbit stew tonight? And the husband goes, yeah, sure. Runs out to the backyard, grabs a jackrabbit off the ground that the dog caught and goes, <laughs> hey, let's cool. I made jackrabbit stew. And yeah. then he did it in like 15 seconds or like a minute or two minutes, whatever it is. Now yeah. the husband's away on work and the wife goes, I want jackrabbit stew tonight. I'm just going to do what he did and go out and just pick up a jackrabbit off the ground. Right. But she has no recollection, knowledge or understanding that he had maybe a team or somebody else or something helped him get that jackrabbit. And she's right. trying to do this thing and she just beats herself up for years and years and years, every time she goes, he goes away and she wants jackrabbit stew. And it just, it just crushes her. And I feel that that's what so many people are doing to us. Like we do to ourselves. I've done it. I know yeah. this. I've lived it. We crush ourselves because we look at the highlight reel. It's sad. Jared, can you share with us your three C's of achievement that help us get our clear goal and our vision so that we can get focused on what we really want to do and get our success? Can you share those with us? Yeah, sure. So the three Three C's of achievement. First, it starts with what we we're talking about before is, is having a vision. Okay. So first you need, you need to have a vision before you can enter the three C's to achievement because the three C's to achievement is the journey that you need to go through. What the three C's to achievement, how it actually started is I had a mentor who was in property and he used to say, courage comes before confidence. I said, that's great. But how can we just automatically snap our fingers and be courageous? Right. It's pretty hard. There's got to be something that comes before that. I was thinking, all right, cool. I really want to like package this up and make it nice and you know, give this away to my clients and everybody is like a good mindset frame hack or whatever it is, a good bit of understanding and education. So I thought there's got to be something that comes before courage. And I thought it's commitment. Ooh. So we need commitment. Commitment comes before courage. 
And then only when you're courageous enough can you be confident. So how this works is only when you've got your vision can you be committed. So you need to have a vision of what your life should be like. Doesn't need to be a time frame. We don't need to put stress and pressure on ourselves. But you need to have a vision of what we want. And then only once you have that vision can you be committed enough to actually go out and get it, to join the three C's of achievement journey. Once you've done that, once you've gone, I cool, I've got my vision. Now, because you can't just be committed without having a goal. You've got nothing to commit to, right? You need to have that vision. So once we've got that vision and we're committed, like I'm committed to achieving this goal, only through that commitment, because I'm so committed, I want this, I'll do anything. That's where courage comes in because we're committed enough to go, all right, I'll do anything. I want this, I'm committed. Now I have the energy and the gusto to be courageous enough. So I'll do anything to get it. The hardest part is to go from courageous to confident. This is the time, right? This is the time where we have like the ups and downs. You see that arrow that goes like entrepreneurship, like isn't like this. It's like out (laughs) that door, around the house, down the street, through the gutter, and then back up here, right? Like it's (laughs) the courage bit is like where we try something, we try to learn something or we try the process of starting our business or buying a business, whatever it is. We try it and then we get knocked down and we, we, we lose a lot of you know, energy, gusto. And we try it again, we go up, down, up, down, up, down again. But what we need to do is we need to go back through the stage and rest on our commitment and our vision. We need to have that to be able to go, I still want this. So through that courageous phase, we're always trying to get through that first part and still stay courageous enough until we start to learn enough and go, cool, I've learned this enough and I've gone through enough experiences, failures, trials, errors to go, I've sort of got a, a little bit of a success. Now I'm completely confident. And it's the same with an athlete. It's the same with anybody through any journey. Like we need to try running. Like if I'm going to do a hundred meter sprint in the Olympics, I've got to have the vision. I've got to, you know, be committed enough to that vision and be courageous enough to train every single day, do, do the work. And then only through those experience can I be confident enough to achieve a gold medal at the Olympics. So I'd love to wrap this up with a, an example of my life. Yes. When I was young, I was in school and when you're in Australia, you can get your full driver's license at 17. And that's the last year of your year at school. So when I was I think 15 or 16, I created this vision of like, I want to own my own car. And I had this vision. I was so committed to it. What I did is I had that vision. I was committed. So I was like, all right, cool. How am I going to do this? I need a vehicle. That vehicle was like, I went and got a job. And I went into work to this fast food restaurant chain it's called bread rooster and i was so scared though like i was so scared but because i had a vision and i was committed i was courageous enough to just walk in that door as a young 15 year old with everybody else knowing what they're doing cooking hot chickens throwing chips around or doing all this sort of stuff but i was just like shaking my boots but because i was so committed to this car i wanted the money to buy this car i was courageous enough to go through that i, I need to learn this whole experience and then as time went on, you know, a month, I was still not very courageous, but I started to gain a bit of confidence, you know, after a year, I'd learned so much that I was, you know, doing opens and closing, closing the store with my friend, my friend and I were basically running, running the show. I was so confident. I was like, cool, I can make money and I'm going to save the car. And I did, I went away and achieved that because I went through those three C's of achievement. But if we're not conscious of these If we're not conscious that we need to have a vision, we're not conscious that we need to be committed wholeheartedly to that vision and we lose that part, everything else goes out the window. And also if we're not conscious that we need to be courageous through the period and it's going to take some, a decent amount of time, 
then we're never going to get to the last phase because we lose that confidence or that courage, that commitment and courage. Right. So we need to go through this specific journey to get to confidence to achieve anything. Yeah. And I think we need to keep in mind too, that once you get to the confidence, it doesn't mean you're always going to be there, right? You don't just do that once. This is a, it's like a cycle that I believe that you'd have to go through. I know I kind of feel it in my business. My, I don't know how many times I went and told my kids, I finally figured it out. This is it. I know this is it and I'm going to make it work. And then two weeks later, I'm like, man, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because business is a mess. I mean, everybody's back end is a mess and there's never just one direct path. Even all these people, like you said, are saying, you know, can you earn a million dollars in 35 seconds? There's all that lifelong stuff that goes on before that. And it is trial and error. You know, every failure is a step to success, I think is a quote I've heard before. And so I love those. I love how they build into each other because you hear that all the time. Like you just need to have courage or you just need to have confidence. I think you need to build into that and just keep remembering that, that even though you might go back to the vision, especially mm. entrepreneurs, you got to go back to the vision until you figure out what the real vision is. You know what I mean? You're going to have yeah, that it's cycle. A cycle. Yeah. It's a cycle. Exactly what you said. That key word there is cycle. Like once you get to confidence in a certain area in your business, you're like, cool, I've got this. And then what's happened is like, you've gone back to the start with another part of your business and gone like, oh my God, I got to go through this again. Yeah, but it's a different, you've just gone through another level and you go through it again and then you go to another level and then you go through it again and another level and you go through it again. It's just that cycle of achievements, small yeah. little achievements. Yeah, and they're always going to be small little achievements, uh, small commitments, you know, don't always just go with the big yeah. I know kind of earlier, it's like, yeah, set like 10, five, 10 year goals, do that, but also set five, 10 minute goals you know, like, like little things or little commitments, you know, things like, Hey, this week, I'm going to make sure that I get eight hours of sleep every night, you know, or, or if you're only getting five hours of sleep right now, commit to six hours, you know, baby steps. They're, they're great things. Mm. And then something as well, when you were talking about having that courage and, and being courageous, well, you mentioned you were like, you were afraid, you know, you going in, all these other people had all of this confidence that you didn't even have. And you're like, okay, you were afraid. And I think so many people, especially when we're looking at others, we go, oh, they're not afraid. They're not afraid of doing things. They're so courageous. And I try to remind people and remind myself often that being courageous doesn't mean you don't have fear. What mm. courageous means or being, you know, having courage means you have fear of failure and feel fear of the unknown and all these fears. And yet you do it anyway. You give it a try and you're willing to accept failure. You can't have that, that success and that achievement. You can't win those gold medals. Nobody who's ever won a gold medal in the Olympics has an undefeated winning streak. Nobody, ever. They've lost. Even, even mm -hmm. losing to them might be second place, but they've lost. They've had defeat. Everyone will. The only way you can become the best is by failing over and over and over again. But the more we fail, the more we realize, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. And then you can have that confidence. Like you said, then it's the next step of the cycle. You'll have the confidence to go, okay, this is what I'm really good at. And if anything, you go, hey, I'm really good at failing. But if you want to not continue to fail, you go, okay, what am I good at? What, what are the things that help me when I succeed? Focus on those, do better at those, change up what you're not. And then you get the confidence, then create new commitments and fail again and don't be afraid. I don't, I, not, you're going to be afraid, but be afraid and do it anyway. I yes, mean, the fact be afraid is and do too, it anyway. Yeah. And we don't, we don't see their boots. They're shaking in their boots. Somebody sent me a quote yesterday. It says, 
Amateurs do things until they get them right, but professionals do them until they can't get them wrong. Mm. And I really like that. It's like super powerful. And I've heard in the past, you know, do something until you can do it perfectly 10 times in a row. There's nothing I've ever been able to do 10 times in a row perfectly. But, you know, I think if we look at it and in the fact that it's always a work in progress, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Everybody who's saying that it did happen that quickly, look at the, what happened before that. And I really, really, I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest takeaway I have from this was looking at the vision of what you want. We have had so many episodes where we talk about what does success look like for you? We came down with specific things. Like I think Nate's was like, I'll own my own jet and travel the world. And, you know, he's super specific about the things he wanted to do. But I like what you said about just like, I just want to have a less stressful life. That seems more attainable. And then not putting time limits on it. Or if you do need to put time limits, be respectful and kind of to yourself. Be honest with yourself about how much time you really think it'll take. I mean, me with five children, I only have one left at home. But with my children, it's going to take me longer than Nate, who doesn't have children. But it's going to take him longer with his physical disabilities than what it would take me. And you know, so you, you have to look at all of those things, yep. not just like, cause I mean, like I'm, I'm always telling Nate, I'm like, you are one of the happiest, most cheerful people I've ever met in my life. And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's because she just doesn't let me complain on the podcast. So <laughs> she, she, she's seen my highlight reel, not my behind the scenes, you know, and I basically mommy him. It's true. Yeah. But that, that totally reminds me again, it's like you, you compare yourself and you, and a lot of people do that. Sheila's not the first person to say that. They go, Nate, like they, they look at my life and they see a lot of the joy, but they also mm. see the hardships, but they only see going from the hardship to the joy and the hardship to the happiness. And they go, Nate, you, you know, you're so inspirational or whatever. Like I see that you do these things and I go, well, what you're not seeing are, are, are these things, you know? You're not seeing when I, when I, when I am mad, when I am frustrated, when I'm, when I'm down, when I give up, when I don't have that courage. But, but the thing is, I think the biggest takeaway from this is one, to go at your own pace, to figure out what your fundamentals are, you know, create that, that foundation to put that balance on, but also stop, stop comparing yourself. There's Teddy Roosevelt that said, comparison is the thief of joy. It, going back to saying, okay, getting rid of stressors, taking care of your health, having joy in your life, you know, filling up those cups, as you said at the beginning, that is the, the foundation to success, I believe. And if you have that joy, that's getting that commitment, having that understanding of what you want to do. If joy is more important than all else, then you need to stop comparing yourself to others. As Teddy Roosevelt said, he kind of laid yeah. it out. Very simple. A plus B equals C there. I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head and we could quote it down somewhere, but like when you compare yourself to somebody, you're crushing a part of, you're crushing a simple or small part of yourself in any way, shape or form. Like comparing is crushing full yeah. stop. Like it's give yourself a break, man. Be kind to yourself. I'll tell you what, yeah. if, if, if I treated other people the way I treat myself, I wouldn't have any friends. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I guarantee you. Nate would never talk to me again if I told him all the things I tell myself. Uh, Jared, I think you're amazing. I appreciate you joining us so early in the morning from where you are. And I think you're brilliant. And I love what you've talked about in trying to get this work-life integration and really just being kind to yourself and being courageous in your three C's, I think is brilliant. So thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. I love you guys. And I love what you're doing. It's just so awesome. The world needs it. So thank you for putting this out there. And I really appreciate being here. Thank you, Jared. Thanks for being on the show.
Would you like to have either myself or Nate speak at your next event or on your podcast? Visit us at themessybackend.com slash speaking. Well, that's our show for today's episode of The Messy Backend. Thanks so much for listening. Nate and Sheila signing off until next week. That's all we have for today's episode of The, 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 the Messy Backend. Join us again next week as our experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you are not alone. Every business has a messy back end and needs a little attention. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. So are we getting you in the middle of the night? No, early morning. Early, oh, that's right. Early morning. It's tomorrow there. Backwards. You're, you're in the future. I'm talking to somebody in the future right now. <laughs> we know, oh, we know, know how okay. your day is going to play out today for you because we've already <laughs> Yes, yes. Let us know. Like, <laughs> all right, Nate, at 3.30, duck. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all get COVID before us too? Because, I mean, that must be the truth. Although, y'all on lockdown. Maybe. I have a friend yeah, there. Yeah, half of our country is in crazy lockdown. Like, we can't leave for more than an hour yeah. at a, at, at a, in a day. It's crazy. You can't go yeah, more than 10 kilometers like, from your house and there's no weddings and you can only have 10 people at a funeral and can't go visit family. Like that's yeah. right. Half the country, half the country is like that. Um, this is the bottom half. The other, other half is kind of pretty normal. We're allowed to have like say 30 people at our house. I don't know why you'd want that many people there, but 